Welcome back. This is Heterodox Academy's new podcast, Heterodox Out Loud, where we bring you the best of our blog in audio format. From Heterodox Academy, I'm Zach Rausch, and I'll be your guide for this journey. For the past few months at Heterodox Academy, we've been focusing on the contributions of Black scholars, the diversity of perspectives among them, and the tensions around representation in institutions of higher learning. We're keen to highlight the many viewpoints and positions held by African Americans in order to avoid oversimplified descriptions of what constitutes Black thought. In this episode, we bring you Randall Kennedy professor of law at Harvard Law School, and his blog piece on the authority of experience in Black thought. The narrator is Jonathan Todd Ross. The spectrum of thought amongst African Americans is and has always been much broader and multifarious than commonly perceived. Neglect of that fact has led to a homogenization that has tended to submerge African American individuality. In 1776, some blacks thought that their interests would best be served by victory on the part of the American colonists in their struggle with the British Empire and fought with the rebels. More believed that their interests would be better served if King George prevailed and fought on behalf of the monarchy. In 1827, in the inaugural issue of Freedom's Journal, the first newspaper owned by African Americans, the editors announced that they would ever regard the Constitution of the United States as their political star. By contrast, the great abolitionist, journalist, and orator, Frederick Douglass, declared, I cannot have any love for this country or for its Constitution. I desire to see its overthrow as speedily as possible, and its Constitution shivered in a thousand fragments. In 1868, when reformers proposed that the federal constitution be amended by the 14th Amendment, most blacks urged that it be ratified. After all, the proposed amendment would constitutionalize the citizenship of all blacks born in the United States and prohibit states from denying to anyone the privileges or immunities of citizens or life, liberty, or property without due process of law or the equal protection of the laws. Some blacks, however, denounced the 14th Amendment because it implicitly permitted racial disfranchisement. The two blacks in the Massachusetts legislature that considered the amendment voted against ratification, though a large majority of their colleagues voted the other way. Marcus Garvey disagreed with W.E.B. Du Bois about a variety of issues having to do with racial politics. For instance, while Du Bois condemned anti-miscegenation laws, Garvey supported prohibitions on marriage across the race line, finding common cause on this matter with white supremacists. The disagreement between these two degenerated into bitter enmity. Garvey called Du Bois a reactionary under the pay of white men. Du Bois called Garvey either a lunatic or a traitor, who was without a doubt the most dangerous enemy of the Negro race in America, and in the world. 
a distinguished roster of black activist thinkers have adopted an optimistic perspective regarding the possibility of attaining racial justice in America. Optimists include Mary McLeod Bethune, Walter White, A. Philip Randolph, Martin Luther King Jr., Ralph Ellison, John Lewis, and Barack Obama. An impressive cadre of black activist thinkers believe, by contrast, that attaining racial justice in America is a virtual impossibility. Agreeing with Thomas Jefferson and Alexis de Tocqueville, they contend that racial slavery fatally poisoned the possibility of racial harmony in America. They contend that we shall not overcome. Pessimists include Henry McNeil Turner, Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, Derrick Bell, and Randall Robinson. Fervent debates about scores of subjects, indeed every imaginable subject, have roiled African Americans ideologically. Accommodation versus protest, interracial socialism versus black nationalism, Gandhian nonviolence versus by any means necessary, support for affirmative action versus detestation of lowered standards, integration versus black power, respectability politics versus I-don't-give-a-fuck authenticity politics. Black thinkers have even disagreed over the years about the preferred term by which they designate blacks, blacks, African-Americans, Negroes, colored people, and people of color. There are several implications to be drawn from recognizing the frequently underestimated breadth, complexity, and variety of beliefs and perspectives found amongst African Americans. One is the dubious utility of resorting to experience as an explanation for a given way of thinking. It is frequently said, for example, that the egalitarianism manifested in the jurisprudence of Justice Thurgood Marshall is a function of his experience as a black man oppressed by white supremacism. But what about other black men also oppressed by white supremacism who responded very differently, such as Justice Clarence Thomas, who is deeply antagonistic towards the social egalitarianism that Marshall embraced? A wide variety of thought is discernible amongst people who have undergone a similar experience, because experience does not dictate thought. It is undoubtedly influential, which is why one can detect notable demographic patterns from which one can chart probabilities. It is probable that an African American will prefer the Democratic as opposed to the Republican candidate for president. But that does not mean that the experience of a particular African American will necessarily determine that person's preferences. Experience affects thinking in all sorts of subtle, complex, mysterious, and surprising ways, but it does not determine thought. Hence, we ought to be skeptical about claims regarding the authority of experience and efforts to make a credential of experience. That a person has suffered impoverishment and marginalization is, alas, no guarantee at all that that person will be attuned to those social vices or immune to them. An experience is, at most, a fragile and uncertain opportunity. What matters is what one does with whatever experience one happens to have. There are plenty of African Americans who were enslaved, 
but made little or nothing of intellectual interest from their ordeal. Frederick Douglass created much from his ordeal, which is one of the reasons why he is so justly celebrated. Mere experience is not what produced his speeches and articles. It was his exertion of intelligence that produced those works. When discussing an African-American thinker, when discussing any thinker, make sure to recognize appropriately the individuality of that person's intellectual offering. Mere experience has never produced a book or poem or essay or story. Accomplishment, in whatever form it takes, is always the upshot of some individual's peculiar effort. Randall Kennedy. His blog was narrated by Jonathan Todd Ross. I'm Zach Rausch. This is Heterodox Out Loud. My thanks to my partner in crime, Fatima Sued, on the communications team, Richard Davies at Davies Content, who produce our podcast. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you.